So today, uh, we're wrapping up Revelation, and if this is your first time here, I know what you're thinking. They're going, man, what a weird message to preach this Sunday before Christmas. You're preaching from Revelation. That's usually like a Halloween series, you know? That's where you see most churches doing this. Uh, if you think it's weird to be preaching Revelation and the, and the new heaven and the new earth now, you should have been here at Thanksgiving where I preached on the wrath of God, you know, on Thanksgiving. So, But it's because of what Jesus did, we can be thankful that he bore the wrath of God for us. Hey, it's because of Christmas. It's because God sent his son Jesus to, to, to bear our cross that we get to look forward to heaven. We get to look forward to this with, with eager expectation when he finally comes. And so when I say um, eager expectation, when we look forward to heaven, what do I mean? Uh, this past week, um, I contacted the guy I rent a house from every summer for vacation. We go to Hilton Head every summer, and, and it sounds boring to some people. We do the same thing. We go to the same place, and, and man, it's just fantastic. Matter of fact, I have three coffee mugs that I bought at Hilton Head, and look, I bought them like at gas stations. These are like those $5 coffee mugs. You know, I think one I got at Walmart, but each one, uh, one's from Piggly Wiggly at Hilton Head, because I used to work at a Piggly Wiggly, and I, and I just... Every morning, I pick one of those coffee cups up, and it just I'm thinking, yeah, vacation's coming, you know? Like, as soon as I get back from vacation, I start thinking, yeah, in 364 days, vacation's coming, you know? I look forward to it. You know why I look forward to it? Because vacation is a real place. I mean, I'm not thinking about some mystical place. No, I, I'm going to Hilton Head, I'm going to eat at the Sea Shack and, and Low Country Backyard, and we'll do some other things than food, but man, we're going to do food. But I'm going to a real place, and there's going to be real uh, people there. There's going to be physical place, and there's going to be physical people, and I'm looking forward to it. And I imagine when you book a place, or you know you got a trip coming, whether it be Disney World, or the beach, or, or the mountains, or a cruise, I know what it's like. Man, there's a joy there inside of you because you know there's this joy to come. That's what I'm talking about when I think about eager expectation. Don't wait for the joy to come. No, have a joy now, this eager expectation, because there's a joy set before us. I wrote this message three months ago and been waiting three months to preach this message. I may be exhausted second service, but y'all... I'm going to get the full everything, all right? I've been waiting for this. And listen, so when it comes to the end of time, when, when all of a sudden God just wraps it all up and, and Jesus appears in the new heaven and the new earth, I, I imagine it's sort of like you know, when we were kids and we look forward to Christmas morning. I got to back down, y'all. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. I'm just, um, I love this. He, we can look forward to it. Here's why. The new heaven, the new earth, it's a physical place. Man, with physical people where, where we're going to live in, in the presence of, of our great God. We're, we're going to live in the midst of this fellowship between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Now, while we're here on this side of, of that time event, it's easy to get lulled into thinking that this world is all there is. Man, I, I can get lulled into that. And it's easy to forget that this world is not our home. And we have this very concrete place and people to look forward to. Now, I know this. If you're like me, you can get dragged down by the various trials and hardships, whether it be called COVID, Delta, or Omicron, or, or cancer, whatever it may be. 
Then we've got this constant battle with, with sin and, and temptation. We're tempted to, to medicate or, or numb ourselves with, with Netflix or Prime or, or shopping or alcohol or 24-hour news. But not only do we numb ourselves, we also drown out this voice of God. I mean, when we're constantly trying to entertain ourselves because of what we're going through, we drown out the voice of God. And when we drown out the voice of God, we also drown out this joyful expectation of what's to come. We allow ourselves to forget this world's not all there is, and there's going to be a joy unlike anything we've ever experienced. So hopefully, my goal when I wrote this three months ago, hopefully this will foster an expectation in all of us, this expectation of heaven. And what if we were able to live our lives not based on current circumstances, but in a very real hope of heaven? What if we framed all of life not by what we're going through, but about what we're going to experience? And living with this joy and this knowledge, living with and enjoying the knowledge that there's coming a joy that's so great, greater than anything we've ever experienced, and it will be inexhaustible. I was talking to somebody that, that went on a 10-day cruise. You know what they said? 10 days was enough. I can imagine it's great on day one and day two and day four. You know, they say if you eat enough lobster, it tastes like soap. I've not experienced that yet. Maybe over Christmas. But listen, we will get to live with Christ in heaven and it will be this place of inexhaustible joy. So Revelation was written and we forget this in our time period and probably for the last couple hundred years that it was written to encourage the church. And to me, this is one of the most encouraging messages. It was written to encourage us and also embolden our confidence in Jesus and the King of Kings. Billy Graham said this, uh, uh, he said, no matter how foreboding the future, the Christian knows the end of the story and it's glorious. So don't lose heart. The best is yet to come. Church, I'm telling you, no matter what you're going through, don't lose heart. Hey, no matter what you're facing in, in, in 2022, don't lose heart because the best is yet to come. So let's get started. We can be encouraged because the new heaven and earth is a physical place. Now, in movies or stories, I can remember being a kid watching movies, and I even remember some of you kids never seen black and white. I remember what black and white movies looked like. And it always seemed like when someone went to heaven, they were floating on a what? A cloud. And it almost looked like they were bored. Or, and, and, and forgive me for this, because some of them probably made in the 60s, they almost looked stoned. You got these people floating on clouds that look tired, that look a little stoned, that just look bored out of their head. I'll be honest with you, that doesn't sound like heaven to me. You know, to be floating around on there. And that just seems sort of confusing when, when the culture paints one picture. I really think that's a lie straight from the pit of hell, trying to get us to think that heaven is less than what it is. Now, we can look forward to heaven because it's an actual place that we can walk around and that we can touch. And just like you're looking forward to going to any other place, man, we can look forward to heaven. Listen to how he describes it in, in Revelation 21 and, and verses 1 and 2. 
said, then I saw, I saw, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. And for the old heaven, the old earth had disappeared and the sea was gone. And, and remember that for later. And the sea was gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. He's talking about this real place. And we're going to get more into that in just a second. But then in verse 5, he says this, I'm making all things new. I'm making all things new. I'm restoring things like the way they should have been. That takes us back to Genesis. And we think about before the fall, how Adam and Eve, they walked with God and they enjoyed paradise and they enjoyed this relationship in the presence, the physical presence of God. I'm hoping we won't be naked, but (laughs) naked. I'm from South Carolina. It's naked in South Carolina. But he said, I'm going to restore all things new. This past week, I, I, I was uh, in traffic in Covington, and I got behind a, a surf pro truck. And I don't know if you've ever seen their motto, man. All of a sudden, I saw that motto, and I pulled out my phone, and I'm in this tra- traffic light, and I'm taking a picture of the guy behind, in the truck. It's probably going, who's the creep you know, behind me? But I'm taking a picture of it. And you know what their, their, their motto is? Like it never even happened. Like it never even happened. Man, one day... We're going to be in heaven with the Father, with with other people. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. And it's going to be like we never even sinned. There won't even, not just we know we're forgiven now, but the effects of sin are gone. The the ripple effect, the the splatter of sin is gone. All of that sin has caused in the world, not just our lives, all of that will be like it never even happened. He will restore all things as they were. Like before the fall of man, before sin, as if it never even happened. And that joy that Adam and Eve experienced in the garden and walking with God and talking with God and being in His presence, that joy. Think about it. There's no guilt. There's no regret. There's no pain. There's no cold. There's no COVID. There's no cancer. There's no tornado. There's no hurricane. There's none of that stuff. It's just the joy of being in the presence of God. We get to experience that. Revelation 21, 15 through 17. The angel who talked to me held in his hand a gold measuring stick. He probably got it at Home Depot. The angel who talked to me held in his hand a gold measuring stick to measure the city, its gates, and its walls. And when he measured it, he found it was a square as wide as it was long. In fact, its length and width and height were each, each 1,400 miles. If you think about that, that's almost halfway from you know, the one coast to the other coast. And then he measured the walls and he found them to be 216 feet thick. He's touching and measuring real gates and and real walls in a real physical place. And you and I get to look forward to this place. The the new heaven. We can be encouraged because the new heaven is filled with physical peoples. peoples. And I I didn't misspeak there. I want to explain that. But at first, our mind goes to those we know. Probably in this room, most of us have had loved ones who've, who've gone on to heaven. We, we all probably can count friends or, or grandparents or maybe parents or even siblings. And, 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 and as sad as it is, maybe even children 
that, that are there. And, and how great will that be when we see them? Man, let's just be honest. Man, that, that's going to be fantastic and, and it's going to be wonderful. But it's going to be more than just them. It's going to be way more than just them. Here, he's not just talking about those that have passed on, but maybe those who are still living and not just here, but all around the world throughout time. He said, I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He, he will live with them and, and they will be his people and God himself will be with them. And not just people we know, but people from all over the world. He says in verse 20, chapter 21, verses 24 and 26, he says the nations, the nations, every people group will walk in its light. And the kings of the world will enter the city in all their glory. Its gates will never be closed at the end of the day because there is no night there and all the nations will bring their glory and honor into the city. All these people. Now here's the, here's the question. What will these people do? Right? I mean, we don't get to float around on clouds. We've already dismissed that, right? So here's the question. What, what will we do if you continue to go back and look at Revelation, these last, two, these last two chapters? Scripture teaches this, that people that do real work. And the whole church said, amen. We get to work. I'd rather float on a cloud, is what some of you are thinking. It's people that do real work without toil. It's people that do real work. See, man was always intended to work. Even before the fall, man was intended to tend to the garden. And you know what? Somebody, I know it doesn't sound like heaven, but let me say this. In the Garden of Eden before sin, that's what man did. But you know what? It was joyful. It, it was fruitful. It, it was a blessing to, to serve. It was a blessing to work. God's going to redeem work. And right now, we're like, man, I can't wait to retire. I can't wait. I mean, I was hoping to get to heaven and, and just enjoy the presence. But, I mean, we're going to have real things to do. And it will be joyful. Also, be filled with people that, that live a real life. Revelation 22, verses 1 and 2 says, And the angel showed me a river with the water of life clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. It flowed down the center of the main street. On each side of the river grew a tree of life bearing 12 crops of fruit with a fresh crop each month. And the leaves were used for medicine to, to heal the nations. Think about this. No diseases. No COVID. No more variants. There's no death. Man, there's no, no cancer. Man, there's, there's no distractions of, of any kind. And, and he talked about, remember, the, the sea was gone. The sea in Scripture always represented chaos. It always represented uh, trouble. There's no chaos. Get this. There's no drama in heaven. Political drama, relational drama. I know some of you are dreading Christmas. You go, oh, man, family's coming. Man, there's none of that. There's no aging there's no pain. There's no dying. And if there's no dying, there's no grieving and there's no mourning. Man, how great is that to live in a place like that? Now, up until this part, I've sort of thought of this message as, as a meal. Okay? And 
the first two parts are, are good. It's a physical place. And man, with physical people. And it's, that's nutritious and it's even enjoyable. I want to tell you, there's dessert coming to this message. There's a dessert coming. Now, Tracy and I do date day every Friday. And a lot of times we, we go to Monticello. And there's a Mennonite restaurant there called Five Loaves. I would like for all of you to go. But if you do, it'll sort of mess me up. Because then it's going to take longer to get my food. So I'd really you just stay away if that's okay. But I go there and I get the same thing. I know you're probably shocked by that. I get the Reuben and I get a potato salad and I get a glass of water. Fantastic. But next door they own the coffee shop, Vanilla Bean. And you walk in and they've got this, uh, this um, like little temple area to desserts. And I walked in the other day and they had, I said, that's, to myself, I said, that's chocolate icebox pie. And I asked the teenage girl behind the counter, I said, is that chocolate icebox pie? She went, it's chocolate meringue. I went, bless your heart, you don't know. <laughs> I knew. And anyway, there's a long story that goes with this. I got that pie. And I took the first bite. And I cried. <laughs> now, I knew real quick, this pie was going to be going quick. And so, no line, I'm not exaggerating I waited till the taste was gone from my tongue before I took the second bite. And then I took the second because it was that good. Because I knew that this, this pie would not last and Tracy wouldn't let me get a second one. Right? So, I wanted to savor every bite. We're now approaching, to me, the dessert of this message. The new heaven and earth is where we're going to live in the, the presence of God. He says, I saw no temple in the city, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb, Jesus, are its temple. And the city has no need of sun or moon, for the glory of God illuminates the city, and the Lamb is its light. And the nations will walk in its light, and the kings of the world will enter the city in all their glory. Its gates will never be closed at the end of the day, because there is no night there. His presence will be before us and shine forth in such a way there will be no need of sun. Are you kidding me? Can it be that glorious? But that's not dessert. Dessert's coming. He says, and to continue, he says, no longer will there be a curse upon anything. For the throne of God and of the Lamb will be there. And His servants will worship Him. And they will see His face and His names will be written on their forehead. Listen, here's the dessert. And we will see His face. Church, I'm telling you, one day when we're in heaven, we're going to see His face. The one who died our death. The one who who bore God's wrath. the, The one who made us right with God. The one who's been advocating for us ever since. The one who's been interceding for us. The one we have prayed to, the one we have worshipped, the one we've even doubted at times, we're going to see his face. And that is heaven. That is heaven, being in the presence of Jesus forever. And I'm going to tell you, unlike that chocolate cake, it will not run out. That joy, it will not get old. And it won't be like lobster and go, I've had enough. It's inexhaustible. The joy of seeing and being with Jesus will be inexhaustible. That's the joy set before us. And now we can live 
looking forward to that joy. God in the temple, seeing Jesus' face, the Holy Spirit, and us living in the middle of this relationship. Not just me, and not just you, but us. And all those who have believed and gone before us, and those who will come after us. He is the great reward. This is why, why Paul wrote, and, and this is not on the screen. Paul said, for me to live, but to die is gain. You know what? Paul said, hey, you know, it's so, uh, this is good. I can do this. But to die, to be with Jesus, is far better than anything I could ever experience here on earth. And when we get there, there's not going to be lectures. Well, you know what you should have done? No. There's going to be an embrace. I didn't, I didn't see that in Scripture, but in my mind, there's going to be an embrace like we've never experienced. Romans 8.1, he says, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You know what we're going to hear? Well done, good and faithful servant. And that is what we live for. That is what we long for. That, that's what we look forward to. That's the moment. Our reward is, is not the place. That's good. It's like, it's like the Reuben and the potato salad. It's good. But the reward, the dessert, man, it's Jesus. And enjoy in Jesus forever. So what do we do? Now we, we just got to wait. Now I wish I could tell you when it's coming. I, I, with complete confidence, I can say, I don't know. But what do we do? We live with eager expectations. And we pray. We, we live, I, church, I want you to be encouraged. I, I hope this message, and I hope you'll go back and read the, the, it, chapters 21 and 22. But be encouraged that He's coming. And thank God this world is not all there is. But we also, we pray. Man, we pray. And so here's what I want to invite you to do. I want us to pray for three groups of people. Just right where you are. We're going to pray for three groups of people. So if you would, just, 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 just bow our heads together. Can we take a moment? Can we take a moment and just pray for the church? Man, just pray for the church. And here's what I'm going to pray. Pray that we would be obedient. Man, pray that, that we would be obedient to, to following Jesus and, 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 and obedient to share in Jesus. And also, too, maybe this is a time to repent. Maybe we've taken our eyes off of Jesus. And maybe you've lost your joy about what's to come. Man, just tell Him. And then pray for your heart. To be, be obedient. And, and I'll tell you what I'm convicted of as I've been reading the scriptures here lately. Be convicted that we're going to love one another. We're going to love God and we're going to love one another. And, that, and not just one another, we're going to love those who are lost. Can we just pray for the church? Now can we do this? Can we pray for those who right now are not included? Can we pray for the lost? And those who, who can't even experience the joy of what is yet to come because they don't know Jesus. Can we pray for people you know and people you don't know and to come to faith in Jesus?
And finally, let's just pray for the Lord to come. And maybe that prayer is just as simple as, Come, Lord Jesus. Father, I know this. Through the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Well, I thought I could go on. But joy. Father, I pray, God, Your Spirit would fill us with Your joy because of one, of His presence in our life, but also, two, Father, for what You have promised and, Father, what is yet to come. Father, may we live here on this earth with this eager expectation, God, that we're going to experience this joy in Your presence that's inexhaustible. And, Father, may that joy strengthen us. And, Lord, may that joy even convict us in a sense, Lord, we want other people to know the joy of their salvation. And enjoy this expectation of what is yet to come. So, Father God, thank you, Lord, for encouraging us. Thank you, Lord, for your word. And, Father, we just praise you, God. And we thank you. And I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hey, we're going to end in praise. So, would you stand? And, man, let's praise the one. Who, who bore the wrath. Let's praise the one who, who saved us. Let's praise the one whose presence that we're going to enjoy forever.